and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and I'm very excited to bring you this week's episode. I'm very excited to bring you this week's episode with Twin Shadow and Josh Ascalon. And we talk about so many different things on this episode, and we are going to get into that in a moment. But first, I'd like to thank everybody who supports me on Patreon. And if you've been listening to the show for the last few months, you know I've been teasing this giveaway thing that I'm going to do. I've been waiting to see if I could snag uh, one of the old prototypes of my new module coming out uh, to include in the giveaway. And I have. I got it. And the way I do this is I post on the Patreon page, hey, first come, first serve, comment, and uh, choose one of the boxes in the picture, and it's yours. And in those boxes, there will be uh, a homemade cassette tape that I made of what I think are my best songs, uh, a Sky Gas cassette tape. You remember Sky Gas, a.k.a. old co-host Ian? amazing album so i got some copies of that to give away some blank panels patch cables stickers one of the boxes will have a module in it and that module is the first prototype of my upcoming module that is going to be released with after later audio this year it's quite a bit different from the final product and it's the only one that exists in the entire world so somebody's gonna get that also i included a bunch of like zero hp passive uh low pass gates and all sorts of really fun goodies and there are six boxes so if you already support me on patreon then thank you very much be on the lookout i would turn your notifications on for when i make posts there and uh, if if you would like to sign up, you have till the end of this week, because next week I'm posting and I'm shipping out. So once again, thank you to anybody who supports me on Patreon. I'd like to say thank you to all the show's sponsors, 4MS, After Later Audio, Patchworks, Signal Sounds, Expert Sleepers, Novation, and Nobula. That's a lot of sponsors, which is great. Um, so thank you to all of them, and please see all the links in the show description for their amazing products. Speaking of amazing products, why don't we dive into this system and check some of them out? Some of you might remember me uh, talking about my work cart that I've converted into my mobile rig. I thought I would just give you a little update on its current configuration. I've got the Future Retro 777 uh, analog bass synth. It's amazing. I've got the Novation Circuit Tracks, which I just recently got and I'm really, really liking it. So the Circuit Tracks is going to act as my hub, my kind of control forge. It's sequencing the future retro. I've got the sync output from the Circuit Tracks going into the Neo Trinity from Bastl, which I plan to use to spread all sorts of clocked modulation and triggers throughout the whole system. So on the bottom level, you can see I've got my guitar pedal one of which is the Ghost Rider from Recovery Effects. It actually takes your guitar signal and turns that into MIDI information. And I've got that running into the Chord Pilot from Nobula that is then going into the Poly Cinematic from Nobula. Moved the Strega up here. Then I've got the Mystic from Recovery Effects. Another tiny uh, 4MS pod here with the 4MS uh, DIY sampler. The Acid Rain Technology Switchblade. And then up to this row, I've got my ES9. As you can see, uh, I've got the uh, quarter inch cables coming out. And I've actually got, uh, just under the future retro, you can't see it on screen, but I've got a miniature patch bay so I can you know, route signals in all sorts of different ways. 
And then I've got a prototype that I'm not gonna talk about right now, uh, the Nautilus from Qubit, Spherical Wavetable Navigator from Forums, the Buchla Tip Top Source of Uncertainty, the Shuffling Clock Multiplier and Mini Peg from Forums, Clock Divider from Dopefer, the Mystic Circuits Tree and Leaves, I got a G&T, which is the gate and triggers module from After Later Audio, and then I've got my injector from Board Brain. This is my guitar running into that, and this has a built-in amp simulator on it. And then right here, I've got the percussion interface and expander from ForMS, and I'm running the Future Retro into that, so I can generate envelopes and gates with the audio signal coming out of that the OTA VCF from AI Synthesis. Then of course, you've heard me talk about this one a lot, one of my favorite modules. The Shape Dual Envelope VCA from 4MS, the Envelope VCA from 4MS, the Bastel Basil, the Aurora from Qubit, my new module, it's hopefully gonna be coming out soon this year, Keanu, of course the Neo Trinity, I just got the Earthquaker Devices Wave Transformer and I'm gonna show you a little patch I made with that and the Trinity here in a moment. And then the Aikido from Bastel, one of my favorite uh, mixer modules I've ever used. Then the Mojave from Qubit, I've got the Canyon from After Later Audio and the Poly Cinematic and Chord Pilot, as I mentioned earlier. For those of you wondering what those pedals down there are, I've got the Cutting Room Floor from Recovery Effects, the Sound Destruction Device from Recovery Effects, and the Grizzled Mighty from Recovery Effects. And then the only non-recovery pedal I even own is my Octave Pedal from Boss. And then I mentioned the Ghost Writer. I've got a cool little patch cable hanger here and I'm feeling pretty good about this current setup. So let's do a little jam with it. At the end of the episode, we will check in on that track that I uh, showed you on last week's episode. I've made some changes and I think it's starting to turn into a pretty cool tune. So stick around after the interview if you wanna check that out. But uh, yeah, let's just get into this. I actually am turning 40 uh, in like two and a half weeks or something. Damn, okay. So, yeah. Ain't you know, nothing wrong with it. Welcome to the Ain't nothing wrong side. with it. 
you got you, you know you gotta depends where you're at at 40 is what i think of it like you're feeling good about I mean, your life you this know. is my this is the the bedroom in the house that my wife and i bought that she allowed me to create you know make my studio in so that's that's pretty fucking cool no complaints that there. sounds like it that sounds like a good <laughs> so, place to be when you turn 40 yeah totally yeah if you showed me this I, I, at 12 i'd be like what yeah. Exactly. 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 The good thing about uh, forty is that you don't uh, yeah. you don't ever like no no one really thinks that you're going through a phase anymore. They're just like, oh, this is how this fool. This is who you this are. Man. Yeah, yeah, totally. This is a person. Time. That's that's funny. <laughs> I, I've never thought of that, but I actually I I actually feel that like no, like I'm just fucking like all the all the performative weird shit that I may have done growing up is like. No, I'm just actually I'm kind of a kind of weird, but mm. you know, like mm. in the same way that you guys are weird, I can tell by the yeah. backdrops. Like we have similar backdrops here. <laughs> um, what, George, you do you, could you put a little more gain on your mic? What's you, that? Lower gain? More uh, gain? No, a little higher, a little more. Oh, more gain. Sure. How's that? There we oh, go. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of losing you once we were all going, but um. But that's my job. I'm, I'm, I mean, God, I'm the host and look at, we're not even like doing a show yet. And here we are like a minute and a half into recording. Um, I really appreciate y'all joining me today. Um, George, it's funny. There's, there's been a handful of times throughout, you know, the podcast over the last six years where somebody will start following me and I'll be like, did their account get hacked? Because I don't think they're following me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I had to send you a message. You're like, is this really you, dude? Um, so that that was really cool. Just like every once in a while to see like a, a follow pop up that's like, you know, somebody that's, you know, like not just in the modular scene, that's in the greater, you know, worldwide music scene and stuff. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we made that connection um, and then talked about, having you and Josh to come on uh, to talk about what you guys are doing together. And since we only have an hour and there are two of two of you, I want to kind of do a a truncated version of what we usually do. It's just kind of a little, a a back, a backstory. um, However you want to take this question, but like, where did, when did music, when did it go from a listener to like, I want to be a participant and was it a certain band or a certain experience or anything? So why don't we start with Josh and, uh, and then we'll get on to your guys' collaboration after that. Cool. Um, yeah, I think like most, most, most probably a good percentage of people like us, I got my, my first guitar at, uh, around, you know, 12 for my birthday, a Honer Rockwood, which I still have. It's the only guitar I still own. Oh, wow. Um, Rockwood uh, Strat copy. Um, played that for a while. Uh, got a drum set. Started playing that, which made my parents very happy because they always knew where it was. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I got my first synthesizer at 15. Um, it was a Corgi X8000, which I still have to this day um, and love. Um, and yeah, and then I just was started making music you know had an mmt8 sequencer that i still have today and Dude, just started like you know, like those are the like I'm, I'm literally naming like the only things i still have today i do uh, i don't have anything like, from i don't have, like yeah i was just talking to like my, one of my uh my nieces or nephews asked me like how many guitars do you have and i said well right now or how many have like had have i had in my life 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have four or five right now, but I I've probably owned 40 to 50 guitars because I'm I'm the the magpie that collects and trades. Like in fact, I'm in I'm in Same. I'm in the process of a couple trades right now, like on offer Same. up and Craigslist, just like scheming. <laughs> Sorry that's to interrupt, but I no, just no, have to like <laughs> I have to give you props on still how like there are a few old guitars. I had a Harmony Explorer. It was like black mm, with like ooh. red. And it was, you know, it was obviously like not a great guitar. Harmony does good stuff now, but I think then they were kind of a budget brand. And uh, man, I wish I still had that one. But yeah, well, I didn't. I mean, you, you know, I'm telling you about the things I still have, but I didn't right. tell you about the the long list, like the, uh, you know, the 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 EML 101 that I stole from my high school closet because they had one for <laughs> some reason. And then, uh, you know, when I wanted to get a Mac. At 17, um, I had a Nordly 2 and like, oh, you know, nice. a couple other random things. Yeah. And then an EML 101. And I, I was like, which one should I sell to get my Mac? Right. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's uh, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, I made the wrong decision in hindsight. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And I still am haunted by that. I actually literally, before we got it on, my friend just texted me uh, that someone's selling their EML 101. And I was like, man. <laughs> yeah yeah so, sorry to, yeah. so so where's the transition into modular because like you're in the bukla stuff so you went in you know so i also see you got yeah. a roads there god damn i'm jealous yeah that's <laughs> like i just i i've actually played i've had that road for like two or three years and i've played it for maybe 15 minutes like uh, yeah. i just like I, I have it you know it's just like one of those things that like i have it it's there when i want it like one yep. day i'll sit there like it's an old man with a glass of brandy and just sit there playing right. the roads you know that that's like that's kind of how this upright is for me it's a it's actually my friend converted it he's he's a piano technician um and we went and picked this up and he converted it into an unicorda so like rather than having oh, cool. uh three strings per key it's just one so it it's awesome. has like this yeah so if you play with a damper pedal and really soft it kind of has like harpy plucky sound it's pretty cool but yeah i don't Fair. play it as often as i'd like to but yeah i mean i don't even know how to play keyboards so it's, it's like I'm yeah learn. <laughs> yeah i'm not super good at it either so yeah that's, that's i didn't definitely. even though it's been my quote unquote my main instrument for right, you know right, 20 yeah. years it's like i don't i have no idea <laughs> i feel bad that i didn't realize using the uh, contact unicorda samples forever now uh, especially on on scoring stuff um i didn't realize that that's why it's called that that it's one string yeah Damn. yeah i didn't either i just the you know because I'd, I'd heard it from like nils from and watched some videos of him playing like that one that's like elevated it's like because the strings yeah, like are so long foot, and shit. You know? yeah like <laughs> so this doesn't sound quite like that but i still like to call it the unicorda so well, George, you gotta you gotta go up you gotta go up north and uh, book a session session with Tim next time you're you're yeah. working with that contact. Yeah, yeah if you ever if you ever pass in between <laughs> Portland and Seattle, just stop in Tacoma and we can uh, we could do a little jam session. Nice, I'd love, that. <laughs> I'd love that. So, where does it turn into modular? How, I'm always curious how people find modular, like you know, because it's yeah, a, it was, especially like if you found it a while ago. Yeah, so I was I was just very into synths like my whole life, and you know I got into sound design for film. Like I was producing and um, engineering and stuff like that. Me and George ran a studio together in Brooklyn a long time ago, um, and uh, and I was always using synths and and stuff and analog everything and samplers all that. And and to be honest with you, like I was I had a lot of friends with Eurorack and and don't like. I'm not hating at all because I, I I do love Eurorack, but I, I remember just they'd always come by and I'd be like, just 
doesn't sound good. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, compared yeah. to like my like MS20 or like you know like my you know original MS20 or like any of the like vintage stuff I had, I was like it just doesn't sound as good. Like so mm-hmm. I wasn't really interested for a long time. Um and then it wasn't actually till the pandemic. Like I mean, so like since we're such a huge part of my life and I just love programming, I would sit there just for hours programming, you know, just making sounds and uh till the pandemic, uh actually a friend of mine um here in New York uh named AK Stromer, he, he has a company called uh Stromer Mutronics that make like guitar pedals and stuff like that. But he built this like rad like five U um, synth with like some stuff he just uh, made from from schematics and some stuff from like U synth boards and stuff like that. And it was just just this giant fucking towering uh, like metal yeah. faceplate with labels on yeah. it. And I was like, and he was like selling it for like so cheap. And I was just on, on Craigslist. You know, I, I didn't know him at the time, and I just like uh-huh. was like, yo, this is so cool. I was like, yeah, I'll. I'll take that from you and i and then we became friends and i so i started with that and that just kind of got me then i got into euro actually the thing that got me into euro rack i mean i took the natural path right you know it was mm-hmm. like it was like stuff it was the stuff that i couldn't get out of my analog stuff and the vintage stuff like um like the panharmon like you know ross and panharmonium oh and yeah stuff like that. Ha- and, i had that that's something i really regret getting rid of because that thing was really cool yeah, that's something you're gonna. That's like I'll never. That's it's especially as a sound designer. That's like my secret. That's like I to- actually totally. Sh- yeah. sh- this is the worst. I always keep it secret. I'm like, oh, I can't tell you what my secret weapon. Yet I'm saying it on, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the probably the least best place to say what my secret weapon is. Um, but yeah, it was that sort of stuff that got me. And um, the you know, like some of the synth tech stuff like the uh hyperion processor and stuff like like that i was like oh damn it's like basically like an even tie with cv so that was like what initially got me interested in 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 modular just because i was like this stuff doesn't exist in any other format you know right yeah. um so then you know i built like a fucking oh, sorry can we curse is that a i don't know fucking um, a, yeah. dude. okay cool <laughs> um the same abc um i i built a you know stereotypical giant euro rack you know, I happened to be very fortunate in that I was working steadily during the pandemic somehow. So, mm-hmm. um, I just had, you know, I did the deep dive into Euro rack. So many then, people did too. It was it's true. I mean, perfect For time sure. to like learn a complicated new method of making music, you know? So totally, totally. And then, um, yeah. And then I started just kind of like, I started gravitating towards like the West coast, you know, style stuff like, mm-hmm. um, and then some, you know, some of the random source search stuff. And I started like really like liking the way, so I built like a <clears throat> bookless system, like, a, you know, West coast system within right. Euro rack. Right. And that like, yeah. was what I really liked, like the challenge of that and like, kind of like the way they all op- operate. Um, mm-hmm. and then I just like, one day I was just like, I started, uh, I, I traded for like a surge panel, like, a um, like a CGS bog, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is what I want. So I sold all my Euro rack, built like a huge, uh, you know, like eight panel surge. Uh, I didn't build it. I bought it. Um, then right. I started building. I was like, Oh wait, you could just build this stuff for like much cheaper. Um, so then yeah. I started building. Yeah. Um, and then I just, then, you know, then Bukla came in and I, Traded all my Bukla, all my search stuff for Bukla, and and <laughs> but luckily now I'm building and and now I'm building back my search system. So it's I, I love what I you know I love every system has its own thing. What I love about Bukla specifically is that 
Um, it's really what the problem with, I think a lot of your Iraq is, is that it's just different manufacturers doing their own thing. And they're, you know, a lot of them are great and then they're in their own right, but it doesn't feel like a instrument, you know, it feels like just like a collection of things. Um, I yeah. think Bukla and I think why he's widely regarded as, you know, one of the best, uh, synth designers is because when you're playing a Bukla system, anything from an easel or just, you know, like a, you know, like a 200 system or, you know, the 200 E, um, which I, I don't have any. 200 stuff it's all 200 and 100 um mm -hmm. you feel like very like everything is very makes so much sense that you you have a relationship with it almost in the same way totally. you would, like a guitar or something like that yeah and that's what really yeah. really drew me to Buchla. yeah that's and, and that's been yeah, my yeah. constant like uphill battle with with Eurorack because like i i mean obviously you get into it for the modular aspect and the the idea of building your own synth and but the the amount of time I spend taking stuff out and reconfiguring hmm. and building mini systems. I mean, I get, I have to, you know, also like do demos that people send me stuff, which is really cool. Cause I couldn't afford to buy all this stuff. So I'm in a, I'm in a privileged position there. Um, but I have been being like, it's funny. I went into Eurorack, you know, and I think I just had to get my feet wet and understand it all. And now like over the past like year and a half kind of go like, taking what I've got from this and what I want from this and integrating it with, you know, like I got a circuit tracks from Novation, which is mm -hmm. way fucking more powerful and cool than it. Like I expected it to be because I, you know, it's smaller and it's pretty affordable. And then the CP series or the reface series from Yamaha. Mm -hmm. Like I just got mm -hmm. the YC organ. That thing is fucking mm -hmm. rad. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, I'm, and then guitar, I'm like really bringing, I'm using this as a glorified, effect like this patch that's built behind me is all just a glorified uh effects processor for my guitar right now so nice yeah um, I, I, so yeah. I got it i got a guitar george i showed you that thing the ibanez metal like strat or whatever that 80s oh, yeah, I show, yeah, 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 yeah 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 and i was just like i was like it was the most beautiful thing i've ever like aesthetically it's just like you know it was like there ibanez in the 80s it was their no, sorry, not Ivan as Fender. Sorry, it was a Fender's uh -huh. metal strat. Um, oh, with like the like Floyd clear, Rose and stuff? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. like clearly they're trying to compete with the Ibanez's and mm -hmm. then like all the stuff that was big then. It's like, hey, Ingvay like, <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, oh, is that what he played? I oh, think it, he uh, did play a Fender yeah, strat like that at a, at with the a time. Like, with the yeah. like uh, routed out fretboard. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, and Billy Sheehan did that with uh, his, his P bass too. Which is, oh, yeah, sure. I always wondered like what the fuck that was all about. But um, right on, dude. Well, yeah, like yeah. it sounds like many stories I've heard. It sounds kind of like my story too. Like yeah. just selling all the stuff to get the the, the real stuff. And now I'm in the process of trying to get some of the old stuff back. And Cliche, cliche. The, <laughs> only, thing, the only thing, now I'm like transitioning and, and because I'm able to like build the Bukla stuff and the Surge stuff, it's a lot cheaper. So now I'm like... And I don't, I don't like spending money on stuff anymore. <laughs> um, so um, I've been really into like, uh, like some of the kind of like, I would say maybe slightly overlooked, like late eighties, early nineties since, you know, okay. um, like it's got an ESQ one, which I think is like, you can still get them for like 350 bucks. And I think they're like one of the coolest sounding since, you know, I own, I just got a, a D550, um, the Enya synth. Um, oh, okay. It's so like, the, you know, those, those kind of synths. And I think like, it's like as much as I love modular and will always, you know, I, I can't imagine it not being a part of my life. It's like, I'm starting to like 
kind of go back to like, you know, like find these different eras of synths that are really, really quality, interesting instruments. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't, uh, they're not like worth a lot. So they, so you could get them for right. cheap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. That's like, I had a Kawhi like rack synth for a bit that was so early 90s sounding, but like I made it work. I made, I think I made one of my best albums with that as like my primary voice, but just running it through fuzz pedals and shit. Just like, totally. I, I love the Kawhi stuff. I, uh, when I was recently, I did some live shows and I was uh, the only poly synth I used was. It was a Kawhi like Casio tone thing that mm-hmm. I got for fifty bucks. Nice, um, but it had the synth engine of the K1, the Kawhi K1, but was um, but was uh, encoded in eight bit, which which to me is just like, oh. and it was like the most beautiful sounding just like piece of shit I've ever heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, and it's just like throw some <laughs> reverb on it, and it's like it just sounds like a freaking Oberheim or something. You know, it's totally. just like it's it's yeah, it's or you know, an Oberheim if it was you know on a black and white TV that was destroyed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Played through like an AM radio or something. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I I often feel like, um, there is actually no such thing as good or bad sound. It's actually that what we, what we qualify as good is something that we, that surprises us, you know? Yeah. I totally agree with that. It's really just, you know, when, when warm, fuzzy, it's, it's funny. I keep seeing all these plugin companies who are making like warm, wobbly synths, you know? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm just like, Oh, that sounds so fucking boring to me, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, it's like when things are warm and fuzzy constantly, like if like, and, and of course, no, hate at all to like Tame Impala drums. But if I hear another fat, snare i'm gonna lose it you know i just want cold frigid um yeah like spine tingling cold snares now snares are like the hardest for me to like get right Mm. oh i just just go the opposite of whatever and you'll be like oh that's that's yeah i usually just i'm I'm back on my hr 16 snares and i'm just like i'm like these hurt and that and that's what i want i don't want Mm. soft cozy snares anymore yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i, I want them to you know yeah. and I, I i was guilty of that forever I was always trying to find that and then you know then you heard those tame and Paul records and you're like god damn it no yeah yeah right. that. <laughs> well, well yeah, I, got, yeah. I, I mean i love that you brought up like like i mean kind of like to to rephrase what what you just said like you know good is kind of in the eye of the beholder and i am so much more interested in something that sonically fits whatever thing that I'm working on at the time. And I don't care what piece of gear it comes from. Like Mm -hmm. that same album that I'm referring to, because I was so restricted gear wise and, you know, just didn't have money to to buy anything. um, I wanted, like I was using like plugins that aren't effects, you know, like, like noise reducers and like anti hiss Mm -hmm. and stuff and putting, Mm -hmm. and I was recording with my electric guitar unplugged into the mic on my, macbook and then throw in a bunch of weird process and then it just did not sound like a guitar and i was like this is an interesting sound but it's a free plug-in you know or well it's free to me it was definitely like a pirated uh logic program you know (laughs) um but yeah it worked so i was just like I, i feel like those limitations having those limitations um really really can feed uh your innovative and, and creative problem solving side. And I think that's where a lot of the best yeah. stuff comes 
as far as like finding your own voice as a, as a musician goes. Yeah, I mean, that's totally. I mean, I think I've heard that echoed so many times. Like I, I, I felt that way and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I should like spread the word. And then I've talked to people for the last six years and it's like, oh, yeah, a lot of people. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, a, George, can we get yeah. your uh, your quick your quick backstory here and then we can talk about your guys's collab and all that? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, it's so long. Mm-hmm. And so and so I'm going to be extra short. Uh, <laughs> um you know, I grew up, um, uh, growing up in, in, I was born in the Dominican Republic and, and grew up in Florida. And growing up in Florida, I think I had this unique, and being from a, a Dominican family, I had this unique sort of like situation where I was sort of bombarded by um, a lot of influences from every direction yeah i'd imagine um, like you, like by the time you're going to school and stuff you're literally like be in in between two total like two different cultures and two different cultural yeah, references to- and everything totally so it's like if if my parents weren't listening to like a lot of bachata and salsa and and dominican music in the house or uh, my mom loved Sade and uh my dad loved Prockle Harum and like oh, yeah. um, other other like weird sort of nerdier 70s yeah, rock, yeah. prog rock music. He really loved Jethro Tull and stuff like that. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, what's that? A Wider Shade of Pale. I mean, like, yeah, come wider on, shade that's of one pale. of the greatest <laughs> fucking songs at Oregon and everything. Mm. It, it's funny. I, I admitted to someone um, recently that um, Wider like, the problem with me sharing my Spotify wrapped is that it's mostly just my music and then what, what uh, wider shade of pale. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, if people saw my Spotify rap, they just think I'm a psych- psycho, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so yeah, so I had a lot of different, I had a lot of different influences and then the Florida thing, you know, like, just sort of like country music, just anything like redneck adjacent. So like a lot of like really bad uh, 90s rock music. Oh, um, um, Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, seven du- bands like Seven Dust, a lot of new metal. Yeah. A lot yeah. of, um, you know, and, and I sort of, I don't know what it was, but but being also sort of a hybrid human in a way, um, I, I sort of like everything had the same amount of value to me. So it was like boys to men was my favorite band, but so was Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and I, I had this thing when I was young and I still have, sometimes it's got sort of a problem in my music life is like, where I just can't really pick a genre to be in or or a a place to stay. Yeah. I relate to that. I relate to that. But it has to do with the fact that even as a young kid, I really just didn't understand the difference between Boys to Men and Nirvana. I really genuinely, like, uh, I didn't draw ever draw a line mm-hmm. on it. It was sort of, you know, going through through middle school and high school where you sort of saw how people divided themselves based on these totally. sort of musical opinions. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and form but, identities at, at that age mm-hmm. and like, oh, especially yeah. for eighties, nineties kids when like totally. MTV was at its prime and you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it's funny because, you know, we, we can, we can wax poetic about those times and be really happy, uh, be, be really sad that we don't live at a time where like the industry really knew how to package genre, but I'm kind of like, eh, it's kind of more interesting right now because you're not like, you don't have MTV being like, which side are you on? Who, right. You know, who's yeah. Your, there's who's... been stuff lately that I've listened to that I'm like, wait, what is this? Like, like it's clearly pop, but it's also clearly like indie bedroom produced. Like somebody that comes to mind is uh, Grace Ives. I'm not sure if you've heard of Grace Ives, but I haven't. it's some of the best like indie bedroom pop I've ever heard. I fucking love it. And cool. And she's I'll just like, a, yeah, she's like an amazing like producer. She does all of her own stuff. She's funny. And, but like when I first heard it, I'm like, is this for like people who like, is this for people who like Katy Perry or is this for me? And then, you know, I caught myself <laughs> kind of thinking like that. Yeah. And it's like, that's not even a real question. Mm-hmm. You know, no, like, not at all. that's, that's just this thing in your head that, yeah. Well, so completely. And, you know, but, what what I feel very much happy about is that there's something in me that never I I, I just never drew those lines. I I certainly did when, so so after basically the point of me bringing that up was that I originally wanted so badly to be like an R and B singer and like I wanted to be in a in a boy band R and B group, you know, like boys <laughs> to men or 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 whatever, and. But then what happened was a friend gave me a, a, a cassette tape or she copied a cassette tape of Green Day Dookie. Uh-huh. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I want to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I was playing saxophone in um, – I had gotten in trouble in school in like seventh grade and – I had to like add extra classes to my day, I'd, which is just sounds fucked up. And I, I don't even know if what they were doing was okay, but yeah, but I basically kind of tricked the principal to allow me to take a band class. Mm-hmm. So I, I got in the eighth grade band in seventh grade uh-huh. and started playing saxophone. So I had like, I had like two years of band. And during that time, there was this guy who, was playing guitar and he would play Radiohead songs all the time. Mm. And um, uh, I was never really a huge Radiohead fan, but like I just like saw how much attention he got. Everything yeah, yeah, just yeah. crowd around him <laughs> yeah. at his feet. Uh-huh. And I was like, it was like between that and the Dookie tape, like playing in my sister's like Toyota Tricel. <laughs> um, I was like, I was like, I have to learn how to play this instrument, you know. That's where Twin and, Shadow was And born. I did my best <laughs> to to uh, get him to teach me, and he 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 didn't want not want to share the popularity. Yeah. Oh no. So no. I, I had to find yeah. find it my own way, you know. And I actually, it's funny. It's very pretentious of me, but I used to walk. Around, my dad had a guitar in the in the closet, um, and I would sort of steal it out of his closet. He was very. He was very like gatekeepy about this mm-hmm. Martin guitar that he had. 
Um, and I would just take it from his closet and I would just take it class to class. I didn't know how to play it. I just would just, <laughs> just as an ornament. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Cool. That's your accessory for the, your fashion accessory. My entire freshman year. You didn't see me without that guitar case. You, you rarely saw it out, but I just walked around with it and just pretended. And so anyway, that, that essentially that's that's how I'm going to tie this story up. I basically pretended my way into becoming a musician. Um, and it's sort of how I approach most everything. I, I sort of, I sort of like to, um, you know, envision myself as the dream and then figure it out later. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I'm relating kind of to me down so much of what you're saying. Like, I feel yes. like we What's have that? had a very, we've had a very similar like journey and thought process through it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it it it's been so interesting that way because it uh, it's all been about desire. You know, it's it's not it's you know desire to be popular, desire then then that evolves into desire to um, to um, pretend and then desire to learn so that you're not pretending, you know, not getting caught, um, not yeah. getting caught. And it's really how I've done everything. And it's funny because, you know, it's part of the reason why I admire Josh so much and is that we've known each other for so long. And I, I distinctly, uh, one of my favorite things is like memories of Josh when, when we were like, in our twenties and in Brooklyn. And it was like watching Josh plug things in and being like, Holy shit. He knows what he's doing (laughs) (laughs) because, because I'm the opposite. I'm just, I'm sort of like, I just smash things into holes that don't, you know, (laughs) until something Um, sticks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I I rely a lot on getting lucky. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and and not that luck, uh, not to say that luck doesn't mean anything. It's, it, luck is an extension of desire, you know? Um, yeah, and you, and having and, the foresight to know when it's happening and take advantage of it or follow it in the right way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like totally. I, think, I think you situation. could kind of tie all of this um, into modular and life in general because I'm the exact same way. Like, I, I like people around me know this, but, like, I never did sound design before for film or anything like that. And then... Um, I moved to LA briefly or for, for a few years and, um, I just started calling myself a sound designer one day and I, and I literally mm-hmm. knew nothing about it. Um, mm-hmm. but I <laughs> if met, you feel, if sound- you turn a frequency knob on a filter though, you're a sound designer, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, the, but like, this you sounds know, like I, the excuse for every DJ in LA, right. but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I just like, I, 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 it was like that thing about exactly kind of, you know, you worded it better, but like, you know, kind of the, the, when opportunity hits desire and stuff like that. Um, and so I just started calling myself a sound designer, met a couple sound. I never even met a sound designer, met a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. They, they were super awesome and taught me a bunch of stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm a sound designer now. And like, I just started doing it, you know, like, Oh, you need a, you're a filmmaker. You need a sound designer. I'm a sound designer. So I kind of filled, right. th- figured it out as I went along. Then I became like a sound designer, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and in, and then I started calling myself, I mean, I've always made music, but I've never kind of considered myself a composer. And like, I started calling myself a composer like a year ago. Um, cause I was asked to like, I still haven't crossed that stuff. bridge yet. Yeah. Come on, oh, just man. Just do it. Just get, call yourself a composer. I, 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 I literally, the first time I uttered the words, I'm a composer, was a, a less, a, about a year ago. And I have 
two films right now at Sundance that I compose. So it's just like, yeah, it I think when I have a film at Sundance, I'll call myself that. <laughs> No, no, no! Do it. Anyway, I, I, I'm in this same same boat. I, 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 I didn't even call myself a composer. I, I, I mean, I've called myself many. You are. You are many pretentious things over over the course of time. But you are. I, I, I didn't even call myself a composer, and I, I was thinking about becoming, mm-hmm. and then Hulu called me, and I composed a whole season of a show. So I, mm-hmm. it's you know it, it really what is show the was dream. That? Uh, the show's called Kindred. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm not. It was on Hulu. That came out. Uh, came out last year. Okay, um, but, yeah. yeah, like going back to like what you were saying about like the, uh, you know, just putting stuff, you know, like just throwing stuff at walls sees what, what sticks. Like, and and as far as like titles go, like I, I learned this from my uncle who I watched getting the adoration of playing the guitar. Everybody begged him to play and sing, so that's what I was like. I want in on that. I also it wasn't just the attention. I was like, I want to do that. Like that just looks and sounds amazing. Um, but like, you know, I I play drums, I play guitar, I play synth and a little piano, but like jack of all trades, master of none. I call myself a musician. Like I can trick people <laughs> right. who aren't musicians into thinking I'm a pretty good musician. But like yeah. if you know piano and you watch me play it, you're like, cool, dude, you can play some triads. Yeah. No, that's the, uh, I mean, that's um, a very good friend of mine. He, he, he got me to stop saying jack of all trades because um, it feels, um, it feels derogatory almost, but, mm-hmm. um, he, he calls me a dilettante and that's mm-hmm. also very pretentious, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, and I didn't even really know the true meaning of the word. You uh-huh. know, when he said, it's like, uh, one who does what delights them, you know? Yeah. And it's oh, that's like totally me then. Yeah. Being, being a, being a, being a jack of all trades is, it really is sort of like, what it's given me is this ability to um, speak essentially like a little bit of every language um, so that when you walk into a room, it's like I could, I could go into a, a space with Josh and I, can, I could sort of talk, you know, modular. I could sort of talk about the qualities that I'm looking for because mm-hmm. I've dabbled in right, right modular you know i i i dabbled in playing guitar so i'd never feel uncomfortable in a room with a, a really sick guitar player or right, a, right. or an incredible bass player or and i never feel out of place um i never feel out of place anywhere and it's it's crazy because i think for a long time as as a musician i was worried that i was never be, going to become virtuosic um and what I realized, fi- what happened eventually is that I got like good enough at so many things that the thing that I actually am always after, which is producing beautiful music, became quite good. You know? The sum of the Not parts, right? Yeah, but, I've that's but, yeah, I feel the same you know, about like what I can I'm doing. Come to yeah. the center of the thing and sort of uh, never feel uh, like there's a lack of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and and mm-hmm. I'm not embarrassed to come like hire somebody who is. Uh, uh, I remember uh, on my last record, I I there's a. You know that song. You know that song, Golden Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. Golden Brown texture yes. like sun. Such a beautiful uh, song. 
cool I, I like so. harpsichord <laughs> thing. And I wanted something like that on on a song. And I just like I couldn't fake it. I I tried and I tried to fake it. I couldn't MIDI it. It it just mm-hmm. it needed that it needed that undeniable virtuosic human thing. Mm-hmm. And so I I hired this guy um, and I'm sad that I'm forgetting his name. I think his name is Xavier or something. But he was just like a session guy. And he came and the first thing he played was perfect. You know, it was yeah. fuck it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it was perfect because to me I was just like Whoa! Look! Look at all yeah. that virtuosity. I, I I don't want you to do another take. You know, and right. he wanted to mess around, and so I let him, and it did. It just got worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah. And I didn't know whether it was worse because he was overthinking it, or because I, what I was desiring was just being being impressed, being mm. uh, caught off guard by something. Right, and you'd so already had seen to be the you'd thing. already seen it. Right. Yeah. yeah, the general had thing, to be the that, thing you were that I was looking for ha- happened already. Yeah, I just want to. I think yeah, I think that if I was if I was any better at harpsichord <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or or clavinet, I I would have sat there and like listened to twenty takes and d- deliberated and worried and whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it is the it is the jack of all trades in me that was like, that's great. I'll take yeah. that. I've, yeah, know? I've worked with other people too. And like I I learned er, like early on with working p- with people with my solo stuff, like, you know, vocalists and, and whatnot. Like I would give them like a, like a, basically like a brief, but I would just like also be like, but let's just do like, if you have ideas, let's just like, just do it. Just whatever comes out, like let's just do a bunch of takes and you just do your mm-hmm. thing. And that's what I've always like had the most success with because I mean, I love I love playing drums and guitar and bass and synth on all like everything. I, I did the whole thing, and but there's just there's it's undeniable that bringing another mind into it is going to elevate it. Not every time, but like if it's somebody that you're driving with and stuff, like it's going to elevate it in ways not that you couldn't technically do, but it's just you never you literally never would have thought of it. Because mm-hmm. you have this idea, especially if you're writing and producing this entire, every instrument, it's so yeah, you that sometimes it's good to get knocked out of it, you know? Totally. From, from the, from the, like, from the standpoint of film, which is, you know, the medium I work in mostly, um, that's, I mean, everything is a collaboration, right? Even, even if like the, what I'm specifically doing isn't a collaboration um, in yeah, my department, yeah. you know? So, but I've found that the best projects, the best directors, um, the best, really the best projects I've been involved with have very much been like, um, they pick the right people and let them do their thing. Because yeah, they're, they're picking yeah. them for a reason. Yeah. Robert, exactly. uh, Robert Aki, Aubrey Lowe has, has mm-hmm. mentioned that I had him on, um, a while ago when he was, after he'd done the Candyman soundtrack. And yeah, awesome. that was something yeah. that he was, you know, speaking to like, as far as like what he, he's obviously like so freaking talented and got himself to a point where he can be choosy about what he, you know, takes on his work. And mm-hmm. so like, what's very important for him to be able to like have a good collaboration, but also just be like, but also like you're hiring me for what I do. So let totally, me do my, yeah. my thing. And, and I think I, that, no, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
Um, I think, I, well, I'm I just, just saying, want, like, I think that, I mean, I'm paraphrasing something we talked about a couple of years ago, so I hope I'm getting that right. I've talked, there's freaking 300 of these things. So sometimes yeah, they all yeah. blur together, you know? <laughs> no, but I, I think that's the, that's the way to do it. I mean, I think that's the way for a great collaboration. If, 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 you know, unless you're an auteur and you're directing, like you have a specific, such a specific view right. and you want everything to be a certain way. And those people are also, they don't always, they're not always successful at that because it's hard because it, it's harder to work with people when you're telling them what to do if you give them the freedom. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I kind of wanted to interject earlier, and this relates to kind of what I'm about to say. But I, well, I so the last thing I would ever accuse George of is being humble. Um, that's not, that's not, that's not something that usually comes up in the same uh, question, but he's, but by him, uh, saying that he's like a jack of all trades or something, he's, he's being incredibly humble. Um, he is such a fantastic musician, um, it, on every instrument he is, I think, you know, the, I think the people like, you know, if you only know him from the twin shadow records or something, I mean, even though the musicianship is great on those, um, just, you know having known him for so long, jamming with him, just being in a room with him when there's a guitar and all that kind of stuff. Um, he, if he doesn't think he's virtuosic, it's because he's, um, he's comparing himself to people that are like the best in the world. Um, right. Yeah. He, yeah, he, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, cause <laughs> he is very, very talented in, in every aspect of music and, and going on kind of bringing it back to, to, to what your Thank point you. was, is that I am kind of like, I am not that, <laughs> you know, like I'm very much like, so when I get hired, you know, to score something, it's like, it's like, you know, this is like, this is my thing. I can't yeah, really yeah, do, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, uh-huh. like, if you want this, like I can, I can like, you know, I'll, t- I'll take notes, you know, obviously, but like, You've listened to my stuff, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, if you want this, I got you. Like right. if you want like something else, I could recommend plenty of other people, you know? Um, right. I mean, obviously, you know, you, any collaboration, you, you, you take note and you, you do the best of your ability. But, and I think George, I think what, I think what he's, this is my interpretation of what he's saying is rather than a jack of all trades is I'd call him versatile um, because he can do so much that he, yeah. he is so technically and creatively proficient at so much that he has to decide what to do. I don't have to decide what to do. I can only do what I do. You know, right, so it's right, like right. George yeah, has George has the whole the whole uh, you know spectrum of music to choose from, and so he has to make a decision on which lane he wants to go in. Um, right. And that's yeah. so I don't th- I don't think he's a jack of all trades. I would call him versatile. So sorry. Well, George, and I uh, think like to tie the, that the, back the, in the lack of humble moment. <laughs> that back tie that back into something you were you were talking about earlier, George, is like just how like you know, in, in the 80s, 90s, it, everything was so genre defined and, and definitely put in like categorized in boxes. But and and one thing I totally agree, something that I like more about now is it, those lines are more blurred. And I think it opened up an opportunity for people like, you know, like you and like how I would describe myself as like, you know, I can do a bunch of different things. And um, I, you know, I've, I've made doom metal like tracks and i've made fucking like ambient like 20 minute just fucking you know like it's it just kind of depends and and i think in the 90s if i was releasing records that i would that would be something that somebody would be like hey this is confusing like people like this why are you doing this and now i feel like that just doesn't fucking matter anymore yeah totally i think people really forget that um 
like whenever there whenever there's lots of money being made and no matter how creative and great it looks it's being driven by and carefully put together by people who need the categorization so that they can they can sell it pimp, pimp it out to the yeah. nth degree yeah you know totally i i constantly think about i was listening to the deftones white pony record the other day Dude. on a walk and i was it's just like hidden, man but- like <laughs> It's it's really? a god. I got a <laughs> oh, white shit, really? It's it's covered up, but it's like okay. kind of showing through. But Why'd yeah, I have, a, up, I have a red. Oh, it's a red white pony. But okay, cool. Yeah, huge um, Jeff Tones fan. I I was just listening to that record, and I'm just like, it's funny because I felt very validated when I had uh, for years. I had this whole argument with people. I'd be like, I'd be like, Deftones is more tool than any other thing but they're like tool but they're into like like you could tell somebody listen like was listening to like prince and joni mitchell and yeah blah 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 and it's then like, like tool really plus like the cure plus like radiohead plus, yeah, yeah it's just like this mashup <laughs> and then it was so validating to see like a documentary about how much tool was an influence on them mm-hmm. and but when i listen to that record i'm like and I listened to the first track, that back, back to school track. And I always, since I was a kid, I felt, and even though I love that track, I always was like, that's like the oddball song on that record. It feels like yeah, it wasn't supposed to be there. And then I find out that it wasn't supposed to be on there. Yeah. And it was like totally like an industry, like it was the yeah. label being like, we need a little of that rap We rock. need a rap and rock it, thing. Yeah, totally. And sure, they, they did that on the previous record and sure they could do that well, but you could just tell like they made this like perfect piece of art and somebody had to like get their pound of flesh. And it, it just like that record exemplifies what happens when a band truly is about hybridity. You know, a, a band oh, yeah. that is truly about, um, um, uh, they they become greater than the sum of their parts because there's a lot of parts. Totally, to it. yeah. It's a huge well, mix of things. It's a you know, it's a it's Creole. It's it's, it's totally, uh, yeah. You know, well, and what happens is it, so much. Even even now, like there, there's there's. It, it's it's nostalgia for something that people either didn't experience, and I think you know yes. around our age group, we didn't experience the height of the record industry. So we spend a lot of our careers being like, "Oh man, like you know." And I think what happened, honestly, to to indie music or I- indie rock and anything that got like labeled chill wave or wh- whatever, Garden State. Um, What's what's that? Garden State. Garden State. Yeah. <laughs> Ground Zero. <laughs> what, what ha- yeah, ex- totally. And w- what happened was that they were trying to like go back to the old way of boxing it up, but there wasn't any there wasn't enough money, there wasn't enough mm-hmm. an- there wasn't enough of a of a platform that was like, well, everybody's definitely here. It's like the 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 myth to all of us musicians who were like uh, oh we like live and die on pitchfork like that was also a fucking huge myth you know that that half of half you know not that a, a very small bubble was bought into mm-hmm. uh, we mm-hmm. and, and we all got ta- told that these things mattered rather than just like 
really rejecting the genre, really rejecting categorization, and really stretching ourselves to be whatever we wanted to be whenever we wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We sort of played that game and saw saw it like sort of crawl across some sort of shitty finish line. And and it just sucks, (laughs) you know, it just sucks. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy and I'm proud to be living at the time that we're living in because we're getting to see how little that matters and mm-hmm, how it, you just you just have to touch people with your music that's it you know like it that's it that's all, yeah. that's all there is and, and it has to find a context within their lives not totally within some like godly image of yourself and you know it's it's why i really i sort of really started to and i've participated in sort of trying to make myself a a a heightened image um but i really sort of reject that these days because it just it's just like we don't need any more gods yeah you know great greatness is is i love this i've been thinking about this a lot like the how like it sucks because it's like it's I don't think it's ever been super easy to make your living as a musician or an artist really at all but I think like this whole idea of you know rock star and you know like the biggest stars in the world like you're you know you have Taylor Swift and Beyonce right like they've been famous for a very long time like mm-hmm. and yeah we get new people <laughs> popping up but I think that's on its way out and it's it's becoming so much more of like like little mini ecosystems of like super niche sub 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 genres and stuff and yeah yeah, you're not you're maybe not making a bunch of money and playing to millions of people but like if you're like actually like emotionally connecting with a thousand people worldwide you can actually manage interacting with a thousand people worldwide and And it becomes more community like, and that's one thing that really draws me to the the modular like community is like totally. the idea of rock stars. Like, good luck being a rock star with modular, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you don't have that. But I totally like participated in in all. Like, I nominate all of Josh Askelon. that's why that's why i have that's that's why right now the music industry is the best because i got the best record label (laughs) yeah yeah so i was gonna say we're 10 minutes away from an hour and we haven't even got to your collab but i want to just drop one piece of deftones trivia knowledge just because um i don't know i need to but like so that white pony when it first like the very first time it was released on cd it was all it was black it wasn't the gray with the white pony it was a black cd and uh back to school mini maggot or whatever wasn't on that cd and they like repressed a bunch like not long after or maybe they did them at the same time maybe that was part i don't remember but i remember having the the black one and listening to it as a full piece because it starts with that really slow like and it builds to this thing um but it's funny, like back then, you know, eighth grade Timmy, who had fucking gelled hair that was hard as a rock and fucking ball bearing necklace, you know, he wanted the mini maggot version. I was bummed about it, you know, but yeah, now looking right. back, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't because I did get to experience the whole album as yeah. I think it was intended to. Uh, yeah, to be I mean, it, I, so. I, 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 I still rock out to back to school, you know, it's like. It's but. right. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, they're good at what they're good musicians, like. 
if I had to listen to a rap rock song, it's going to be that. But like, yeah, yeah. I, it's but funny. It do, like, it take, if, yeah, go ahead. The bands that get like lumped in, like they were lumped in with so many bands that are now kind of like cringy um, because of just the time and place. And I like, this is another more obscure one, but like, you know, post Nirvana, you know, late 90s, like alternative, everybody with a flannel shirt getting a record label you know, there was alternative. And I think there were a handful of bands that got lumped in with all of these like now kind of cringy, cheesy ones. And I have to just say for the record that Harvey Danger is more than a one hit wonder. Fucking fantastic oh. band. All of their albums are fucking awesome. So agreed, agreed, agreed. Well, <laughs> um, all right. So we have eight minutes. Let's hear this collab. Like you just mentioned the record label. This is the whole reason we got together. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, the, better. I know be, I, everyone's going to be really bored with those last eight minutes, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we, but here it goes I anyway. I wasn't, I wasn't um, um, no, I, um, I basically, you know, I, um, I spent the last, uh, 14 years or so doing the music industry song and dance uh, I've done I've done it all from starting off on a, a very small uh, label terrible records shout out to shout Ethan out. and Chris um, and uh, then moving to 4AD and then moving off of 4AD to Warner Brothers and then uh, going uh, fully independent and doing distro deals and stuff like that um the whole entire experience, it was best, of course, when I first started <laughs> and then got worse and worse and worse. And it is that typical story of sort of like you see you see what more money gets you. It sort of it just gets you it it buys you more posturing money that you have right. to pay back. Mm -hmm. um, um, and uh, I wanted to create uh, uh, an outlet for myself, for my music. And, um, and possibly for my friends. Um, mm -hmm. and basically like I've been watching Josh, um, for, for f almost 15, 16, maybe 17 years yeah, now. Yeah. I've been watching him obsess, uh, for that long. Mm -hmm. And he's <laughs> of all my friends who play music, he's the one person who even though his output i and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him that his output needs to be greater but yeah. he knows that I and know he's that. gonna i've he's got gonna my fix, friend he's yeah gonna i've got a friend that. like that too yeah that. um um because josh put out a a, a solo or a solo record a, a josh record mm -hmm. um a long time ago and it was one of my favorite records and i was just like i thought it was criminal honestly that he like that pitchfork wasn't you know going down on him because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> or, or 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 any like it just it just didn't it it uh, and josh forgive me but yeah it, 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 i wanted that i wanted that record everywhere it was just this beautiful sort of like uh, um juggernaut of a synth record it sort of reminded me of a matthew deer record mm -hmm. but like kind of heavier and okay. just i don't i don't i don't even know anyway it was it was one of my favorite records and I have so many friends, uh, this, our friend Noel and Hooray for Earth, and mm -hmm. so, so many people uh, throughout the years where 
I've wanted to see more output from them and more support for them and more eyeballs on their music, even if their music is sort of um, non-commercial or um, mm-hmm. odd or whatever. I think these are people who are like dedicated practitioners of sound. And I just thought, you know, Josh told, told me about his record and he, he played me some stuff or he sent me some stuff. And just immediately I was just like, it's sort of a vanity label. It, I don't mm-hmm. have any big clout. I don't have anything. But anything to get one extra eyeball on Josh's music is my pleasure and my mission it is to just turn people on to things that have a quality where you're just like, this person is not pretending to uh, – they're not like me when I was – with walking around school with the guitar they're not pretending to be be a musician this is a person who's dedicated their life in regardless of the fact that it makes no money regardless of the love fact of the game that, yeah yeah exactly a complete yeah. love of the game and when i tell you that I, I my most sacred memories of josh is like watching him play he, he had this ms20 that was the ugliest thing i've ever seen in my life it had <laughs> i was gonna say i i, I, I spy an ms20 it, do i spy two yeah. ms20s look at these keys look look oh wow that's be shit whoa yeah, it's looked it's looked this bad <laughs> it's looked this bad for 20 years for the listeners he just held it up and it's like four or five keys are either gone or busted in half. (laughs) But watching Josh, watching Josh actually work the little patch bay on that thing and, and work the patch bay in our studio, which we hand wired ourselves back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, with our, with our dear friend, Damon Dorsey and, uh, the dedicate, the amount of dedication just made me want to, um, help Josh release this record. So, you know, and that's why we're here really, um, to talk about, about I Josh think that, and his, his music. Yeah. I think that highlights kind know. of this theme we've been hitting on over, over this whole chat. Um, and it's, it's, and I, and, and I think when, I don't want to say like genuine, I don't want to put these, these four letter words on it, but like, when it is like a love of the game thing and it is just for the sake of creating what you think mm-hmm. is good art and trying to share it and hope that it finds the people who are de- that will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like, as I've gotten older and started shedding these ideas of what a, what rock star is and what like I actually, what do I call success with what I'm trying to do? Like, it's I'm find myself just leaning heavier and heavier in that direction of just like just doing it. Just it's more like I love the process of doing it. I love talking to people about it. I love like collaborating with people about it. And it's and you just find that at the bottom of it, it really is like a community and it's an interpersonal connection. Cause mm-hmm. like what is art? It's a it's a way of self-expression, really. Like, you know, like I mean, you want to when you're a kid, maybe you want to do it because you want to be, you know, Kurt Cobain or whatever. But like, I think a lot of us get into it because it feels like it's like there are tracks that I feel like I could maybe ramble to you for an hour and a half to try to tell you about like my worldview and who I think I am and what the world is. But like, if I made you a playlist, I feel like that would be more accurate. So would you want to just <laughs> listen to 30 minutes of my music and we could, you could skip the whole rambly thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I'm rambling I think right to, now. 
to that point, it's like, I think, um, like the, for me, it took, um, so that record that George was mentioned, like previously that I did, I guess that was what it would have been like, what, 2015, 2016. Um, I think it's like, I had expectations then. Like I was, I was like, Those are dangerous. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Totally. Especially when it comes to, uh, your, your artistic endeavors. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was engineering and producing out of our studio, you know, I was paying the bills, but you know, I'd seen George go out there with twin shot, you know, we've known each other since twin shadow didn't even exist. You know, it's like, I see, Mm -hmm. you know, all of our friends, like, you know, Alan Paloma of neon Indians, one of our, one of our good friends, like, you know, we had all these friends that, you know, like that we knew and I was seeing them just like tour the world and they'd come back to New York and we'd hang out. And like, so I made a record and I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, be like these guys right right you know? yeah, yeah it's totally like, totally and it's like i i didn't realize that like my taste like what I, like, I did exactly what i wanted to do um precisely you know um but like i didn't I, at the time i didn't grasp the fact that like oh like this doesn't really have commercial appeal like you know what i mean and and, and so it's like it's like and and you know and and george you were always telling me like you would just randomly text me um something about how much you loved it and it would always make me feel good because yeah the, there are people that, that that heard and loved it and and i get like mm-hmm. once in a while i'll get like hit up on instagram by someone in like england they're like you know me you know like they they like they apparently uh they say whether you know they compare things to that record you know all the time uh-huh. and like i right, you right. know and i and, and meanwhile i just like we had a full live band or something like that, and i just like i didn't like immediately get the response i wanted so i just like quit like i was just like yeah, I'm done yeah, with yeah. <laughs> um and it, and and i was disappointed and i felt like i i failed even though i was very proud of what i did um mm-hmm. but you know and then it took me a while to um and it, it honestly wasn't until i you know, I had like a stable career doing sound design for film. And again, and, and I, I use all my synthesizers in sound design. So it's like, you know, it's still always You're doing what I'm doing. And then, too. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then, uh, then started composing and stuff like that. Then it's like when I had stability and when I had like, I felt like I had a career, I was just like, I feel like making an album, you know? Uh-huh. And I just made like exactly what I wanted to make. It didn't mm-hmm. matter like yeah. i didn't care if anyone liked it it's just like i i george the fact that george liked it that i was like enough like i've done my job you know and and mm-hmm. even like that's kind of also that's not I, enough josh <laughs> whatever <laughs> but oh yeah but the, but even like the way that because you know it, it, george started shri shri we didn't even mention the name of your label um for, yeah for i was himself. gonna say well we'll yeah. yeah we'll do a full plug section here at the end and i'll put oh, yeah, links yeah. and stuff in the show description Did I not so people mention can it? check it's it not yeah 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 on the line shri shri records <laughs> coming at you um no but like because he had obviously developed it for himself what well, you know i think in his mind thinking maybe He'd, he'd someday release other artists his friends and stuff and i happen to be the first artist um and he like straight up the first time we like you know he called me he's just like i don't have any money i mean not not you don't have any money but you know like he, like i said like right, you right. know the label the label doesn't have any money i'm like right. yeah, I don't, yeah yeah i don't care you know and it was just like and we basically had this talk and i was just like listen man like this is just like I've fun for me. Like I, I just did this because i wanted to do it like mm-hmm. if you want to do this if you want to put out my record Let's do it. You know, like yeah, if at yeah, any yeah. point this becomes not fun, then we're doing it wrong. So mm-hmm. like, let's just can continue. Like it just has to be, you know, fun. It has to be like something we want to do. Cause like, right. we don't need to do it. Like, it, like we're That's, both in positions taking, to like not yeah. need to do this, you know, taking so, like yeah. uh, 
the the necessity out of it as far as like mm-hmm. I need this to do well or I don't like live in this house anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I mean that kind of pressure could be, you know, inspiring and make people have more drive, but like I think taking that away will definitely like, you know, free up a lot of your bandwidth and that bandwidth mm-hmm. can be used for, you know, better uh, you know, creative expression. Um, yeah, I did the same. I, I didn't even have really a, a, a name to go off of. I was just like, I want to start a label and I called it self center records. Cause I was like, I'm just going to release my <laughs> stuff. And then I had some <laughs> friends, same thing called them like, Hey, I'll release this for you digitally if you want, but I have no money. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, I had like a handful of friends and, you know, but then I, I started doing this with the intention of hoping that comes back someday, but who knows? But yeah. <laughs> so give me all the plugs because we are over time and I know George, you gotta get going because you got other stuff. Yeah, going. I gotta run. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm actually producing a um speaking of jumping all over the place, I'm producing like a they're kind of like a band who is like kind of like Half Rammstein, half Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay. Uh, and they're coming over very soon. I'm so, oh, nice. Um, hear this. So they're called Patriarchy. They're amazing. Um, check them out. Um, so, uh, okay, here's the plugs. Um, on my end, um, I am Twin Shadow, and uh, I, have a, I will have a record coming out. Um, probably around March and you're the first to hear it. So this is, yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. Sweet. I'll take, I'll take probably the around March. <laughs> Um, take it, take it. I don't want to give it to anybody else. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> you, say, like, you say that so hey, like NPR is going to turn. You say okay, it so pessimistically, whatever. but I know like you're, it, you're, the, you've been the, through the, it. You're, yeah. You're, but no, but it's, it's, you're not saying it pessimistically. You're saying it, in the best way possible, like you know, like <laughs> in the most like, in my opinion, uh, correct way possible, you know, <laughs> it, it, as you should approach it, you know. Like, that's what because I'm just sorry, George. I don't mean to keep you, but like <clears throat> we were talking the other day, and like he was talking about producing. He's like producing like you know four or five artists right now. He's you know, and again, maybe he, maybe he's become humble. I don't know. I've known him for fifteen <laughs> years. He used to not be, um, <laughs> but um, and I'm like, wait, don't you have a record you need to finish like and <laughs> and he's like oh yeah it's done i was like well hey why haven't i gotten the link which i was pissed off which i still didn't get the link by the way but anyway um but i loved that like i feel like at, at other parts of of his life and and or or our peers lives that were in his position where they were popular artists that people expected um their records you know they like with me no one you know it's like whatever but uh with, with people that when they put out a record people listen to it automatically, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And I thought that he was the, I thought the fact that he was being so nonchalant about it, I was like, you're in such a good place, man. Like to my, to be honest with you, cause I yeah. think that's the best place to be, you know, it's just like, yeah, um, I think, I think it's cause I right? just really, be- I really believe in the music now, whereas before um, it was so like, is anybody going to like it? And now I'm just like, this is yeah. what I, this is what Dude, I Dude, isn't that a good feeling? <laughs> yeah. I think that's part oh, of like the, the goodness. I got a little trickle down turning 40 before 40 because my wife's two years older than me. And I feel like I've like soaked up some 40 vibes, even though I'm not quite yeah. there. But like, mm-hmm. that is part of like getting older is just like the, the freedom you allow yourself to just, just fucking just do what you want, be yourself. And because 
like the trying thing is people have radars and that comes, you yeah. know, and that, that, yeah. that gets mixed in with the the sauce, you know? Totally. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not about being effortless, it's, but it, it is about, um, it is about some sort of like flow, I guess, you know, it just is, it is some sort of like letting, letting life carry you where it needs to carry you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, um, plugs <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah yeah <laughs> i have I, I will have a record c- coming out big um, announcement twin shadow um, um and then we have released josh's incredible three-part record called a day in the life of a mind on sheree sheree records that's my label uh-huh. sheree sheree is a callback to my favorite song ever written um by the band Suicide. Um, oh, shit. Their song, okay. Cherie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I think that's all the plugs I got. Josh, anything? Um, you got, I mean, album. you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I got an, I got an album out on Sheree Sheree Records. Josh is in the uh, works, but Josh, give him links. I mean, you sent me a bunch uh, of links that I know I can't like share with anyone, but you have a lot of stuff uh, that's like bubbling just, up right now. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Websites so, and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, if you want to find me uh, at, at Josh Ascalon, J O S H A S C. A L O N. That's once again. No. Um, yeah. This. Uh, I got a website, joshaslon.com, which was which really features most of my film stuff, and I probably don't highlight it enough. My my Instagram is just more me messing around with synths and doing builds and stuff like that. Okay. And, um, uh, yeah. So the record, obviously, I think your audience would be hopefully interested in um, the feedback from people that would be necessarily into it has been great it's i like the, the um, teaser video for it too it was really cool that, yeah that, that was all george, george that directed was, he's yeah, all george is also really a cool. director yeah that's, yeah uh, yeah george. so i'll put links to all of the stuff we've yeah. mentioned today uh yeah. oh just oh, quick 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 plugs as that uh sorry um i got some films and if i don't know when this will post but actually right now at sundance um the bleacher directed by this directing company called uh, Magic Society, um, which is just one of the most uh, interesting, fantastic, animated experience. Um, one of my favorite pro- projects I've been a, a part of, and also um, <clears throat> a project called The Rainbow Bridge, directed by Dimitri Simakis, um, who may is probably best known for um, being part of Everything is Terrible. Um, mm-hmm. of like, that yeah, was great. Um, that was so yeah. good. <laughs> Yeah. So good. Um, oh, rad. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, you know, sound designed and scored both of those. Uh, the Rainbow Bridge I scored with Dimitri because he, he's a mod- he's a closet modular dude too. Um, okay, he's also cool. just the most fantastic person in the world. Um, I also have uh, get him on the show guy. for me. Oh, I, yeah, I, I could do that. Yeah, I'll call him. He's at Sundance right now, where I should be, but uh, I'll ask him <laughs> and tell him that <laughs> right afterwards. Uh, yeah, he yeah. Love that. Yeah, he would absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I have, again, depending on when you're this Saturday, uh, whatever the date, I have uh, at International Film Festival in Rotterdam, um, a film that I sound designed did the original score, directed by Amanda Kramer, um, narrated by Debbie Harry. Um, yeah. It's, it's called So Unreal. Um, and it's really kind of like um, the only way I could really describe it is it's like a it's a like a an Adam Curtis esque like essay doc um, about 
it's it's almost entirely um, footage from sci-fi movies, um, basically mm-hmm. up until like The Matrix is like kind of like the pinnacle, and it's okay. kind of like um, an essay in which uh, written by Amanda, the director, um, and narrated by Debbie Harry. Uh, you know, I don't have to explain who that is, um, and uh, kind of like relaying um, things that were going on in sci-fi movies. Uh, relating things that were going on in sci-fi movies from, you know, way back and mostly in the 80s and 90s up into The Matrix and how it kind of like what ramifications and what it was reflecting in society as far as our our anxieties about Mm -hmm. technology um, and stuff like that. It's it's really, really an amazing project. Um, Right on. It was just like a dream project for me because like, like, you know, I get to sound design like, like, you know, like there's like parts of Tron, you know, that right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously like the sound design I used, but like there was parts where we didn't use the sound design and I was like, you know, doing Bukla Tron stuff and right. And, yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. And, and so you're, I, you yeah, know, your name's in the credit with Demi, Debbie Harry. So that's pretty sweet. Was, so yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, dudes, I think like, yeah. I thank you so much for your time. It's like, it's always a little chaotic doing two people, but this was a great, this was, this was fun as hell. It was awesome to meet you. And uh, yeah, I'll put links to everything in the show description. So thanks again for joining me. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Tim, man. You're great. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much to this week's guests. Links to all of their stuff in the show description, as well as links to all of our lovely sponsors, Novation, After Later Audio, Signal Sounds, Patchworks, After Later Audio, Fora Mess, Expert Sleepers, Nobula, and thank you to Bastel for sending me out that Neo Trinity. It is amazing. And they might be on an episode coming up here soon to talk all about it. Don't forget to sign up to support PodMod on Patreon if you want to be made aware of when I post the stuff that I'm going to give away. Next week, I'm going to be giving away six different boxes full of all sorts of cool gadgets. And that pretty much wraps up all the business. Now, let's get into that track that I showed you guys last week and see what kind of progress I've made on it. Since I was messing around with the Neo Trinity and my Keanu Matrix Mixer, uh, why don't I make this week's secret word, words, plural, blue pill. Until next week.
Thank <laughs> you.